This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Monday and Friday videocast featuring Reese and Frit. Just kidding. With us is Chris Captain Morgan, the chief librarian of the Forge the Narrative podcast, which is a great podcast. You should definitely check it out if you have, when you're not listening to Signals from the Frontline, clearly the superior podcast. <laughs> you know what? I won't say it's the superior podcast, but I will say it's the superior video cast. Yeah, I, I will say <laughs> that you win on the video part because we literally have no video right now. And that's how we so, win. Uh, that's how we win, baby. Because yep, we low hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll beat you when you don't compete every time. <laughs> yep, that's right. Well, no, Chris, it's great to have you. And, uh, Happy we'll, to be here. We'll talk more about why Chris is here. He's not here just to grace us with his presence on Signals from the Frontline and mm-hmm. Tuesday Night Fight, which is going down tomorrow night. We're also going to be working on uh, the ITC documentation. I'm really happy to have you because it's become yeah. an unwieldy beast. It's like a power fist. It's like a chain fist at this point. Yeah, seriously. Like, I mean, you, you love that extra 2d6 on the pen, but you want to be able to swing an initiative, which ties in to some of our Gathering Storm 3 talk Boom. a little bit later. That's a true professional, folks. Segwaying like a champion. So we have a, we have a spectacular show for you today. It's going to be a blast. Switching up the adjectives. Uh, we are going to talk about all kinds of good stuff. But, of course, the news of the day, Rebuke Guillemin back. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Going crazy, but before we dig into that, uh, have to keep the lights on. Brought to you as always by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at up to 25% off, including the triumvirate of the Primark, which is selling like crazy to nobody's surprise. Yeah. Uh, it's red hot. So if you do want to pick that up from us, you can at 25% off. Uh, this is guaranteed to sell out. What will happen is anybody that gets the order after we run through our stock, we will get it to you eventually. It might take a little bit of time. But everybody's going to sell, like literally everyone is going to sell out. Yeah, this you, product. you just can't get away from how awesome this this kit is. And, and just even from a moment in the universe, you're not even looking at like straight up competitiveness, which there is some in this box. But you're looking at what it means for the universe. You have these characters like Robot Gulliman. You have the new Cypher model, which looks sexy as all. Yeah, it's incredible. He is awesome. And then, you know, who, who knew who Voldus was, but everybody will know who he is later. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll try to avoid too many spoilers from the Gathering Storm 3, but we do want to get people excited about it if you're not already. So if you want to pick up that triumvirate of the Prime Market comes with Cypher, Voldus, and Guillemin, uh, please do so. You can send us an order at orders at frontlinegaming.org, or you can call 888-781-5120, and either the PD Popster or the Raw Dog themselves will be happy to take your phone over, uh, your order over the phone. If you do uh, call in or email in, please bear with us. We are seriously getting overwhelmed right now, as we expected. Um, we are doing our best to keep up with the orders, but uh, it may take a little bit of time for us to get back to you, but we will process your order in the order that they come in. Uh, just bear with us. It's not surprising that you get the first loyalist Primark back in the game, <laughs> especially Guillemin, the poster boy of the, yep. of the poster boys, the Ultramarines. Uh, it's no surprise. No. I mean... So far as like actual Ultramarine players, I don't know a whole lot of Ultramarine players personally, uh, except maybe like Carl Tuttle. Uh, we got Petey Pob over there who is rolling over in his, not grave, he's not dead, but he's rolling over in a fictional grave because he is a fanatic for the Ultramarines. <clears throat> he doesn't know like, like shit about everything else, like in terms of fluff, but he knows everything so, so about the So I should trash talk Robbie G in front of him as much oh, as possible. please do. Oh, please I, I'm do. all over it. <laughs> Yeah, everybody who watches FDN knows I'm a big Blood Angels fan. So, I mean, the, the immediate comeback for everybody is like, oh, well, too bad your Primarch is dead. And I always say it's better to die for the Emperor than to live for yourself. There you go. There you go. And you have an interesting theory that uh, Sanguinius has actually been reincarnated uh, in the Sanguinor partially and then possibly also in uh, Mephiston, Mephiston. Mephiston, Mephiston however, however, potato, potato, however you want to say it. Yeah. You know, though, Mephiston, I think, kind of resonates with me because the name is obviously drawn from Mephistopheles. Yep. And that's not Mephistopheles, right? Yeah. So I think you might have uh, you might have a good argument there. But 
that's uh, an interesting theory, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit more later. But uh, we'll see. I mean, right now our, our big blue Papa Smurf is is the, the the man of the hour, so we can we can keep the talk to there too. And we are painting the model right now. Our paint studio guys are getting that uh, getting some paint on it, and we're going to try and present that to, that to you as soon as we can. The model is stupid amazing <laughs> yeah i i want to get my hands on it and just just look at all of it i mean he he d he did take some some cues from the blood angels and all the fancy little curly trim and stuff he's got oh, all over that i don't know if that's just from the blood angels i'll, I'll give i'll throw that bone in your way. it's either the blood angels or the emperor's children so you can kind of he you know, he's ostentatious kings of the world he's bling to the max he's wielding <laughs> the emperor's sword he looks incredible i actually i prefer the um forge world model i feel like it mm. represents what i think of when i think of Gimen. Yeah, I mean, like, he's very regal, but mm -hmm. the new version where he's got his upgunned armor, thanks to Belisarius' call, and he's wielding the Emperor's sword, he has his helmet on, it's definitely a different look. Like, you mm -hmm. feel like this is not Gimen from 30K, this yeah. is 40K Gimen, yeah. and I think it's extremely important that they do that. That's, they, that's they, one of the things, man. I, I want to see how they, because I've, I've seen plenty of the, the 30K Gimen models, because 30K is my jam. But uh, I want to I want to look at the the forty k one to see like size wise is he bigger like how how they're I mean his base size is obviously bigger but it's also a little bit more I wouldn't say it's more decorative it's less marbly right but, um, I, I want to see how how they kind of scale up with that especially when yeah. looking at his rules and I think it's critically important for the story uh, not just for rules I think it's important for rules to have diversity in gameplay you want your game in thirty k to be significantly different than he is in forty k you want yeah. it to feel different. They're different. They're they're different feeling games on the table. Right, and you you want that diversity. You want that difference, and I want to see them look and th they should represent the the flavor of the character, mm -hmm. right? And then that that flavor should change from uh, pre to post heresy. And I think it's really important because I think it's pretty clear at this point that we're going to be getting m most, if not all, mm -hmm. of the primarchs in forty k as well as thirty k. Yep. That. They should be different, right? Like with with uh, Magnus, it's a dramatic difference. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> he ascends into to demonhood. So, like, I think they did a great job. I, I love that that picture where they have like uh, Guillemin facing off against Magnus, and like they put Guillemin on a box, like on a building, <laughs> so he can look him in the eye. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, no, that, that's great. And the, the, <laughs> those the demon primarchs that ascend, obviously showing the difference in them is easy, right? Yeah. If, yeah. they, if they do Fulgrim, which please don't make him the snake monster. Like, <laughs> it could just, come straight out of the voyage as a Sinbad or oh, something. Dude, like, that's like, that is such a bad concept. <laughs> I, like, come on, man. It's like, it's like the golden child. Like the, the snake lady that he goes to to get advice. Like, it's just not, it's not, he's not a Naga. Like, I just hate that. I don't like the snake man, you know, like. But I mean that I, I hate everything Slanesh anyways. Fair so enough. I mean I I don't think there's a version of him I would like. So, so I always like to ask people this question, like because if you were to turn to chaos, right, and if you were in the fictional 40k universe and you were a bad guy and you decided to uh, to follow the chaos gods, which one would appeal to you most? I would guess Zinch if I was gonna guess. If you were gonna guess for me, yeah. All right, your your first your first guess is is right, except that it's wrong. Is that I would never turn traitor. Well, of course, but that like, given. But let, let's say <laughs> yeah, like it, you, it, were, you know, in the multiverse, you right? were coerced into becoming a. I, I would probably be be Zinch just because I'm I'm all into to psychers and psychic powers and like my my first HQ model was Mephiston, who was a librarian. So right. that's kind of where. I, I have probably 12 or 13 painted librarian models right now. Nice. So Well, you seem like a person that's uh, very cerebral and you like learning and, and knowledge. So that would have been my guess. I would be Slash all the way. <laughs> I'd be like, party! No, man, I'm going to go hang out with the nerds in a silver tower. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Zinch would be my second choice. Uh, right? Like, if I wasn't able to, like, party in the warp with the craziest entities in the galaxy... I'd want to be studying and hanging out with some reasonable people. Because what are your other <laughs> options? Like, old corn and the old fluff do totally, right? It was like yeah. martial prowess and discipline. Yeah. And now it's just like unending anger, which is dumb. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm sick and tired of being mad all the time. Mm. And then Nurgle is just like, I don't want to be sick. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh. Although I, they are I happy. I do think I left my intestine on the floor over there. Yeah. But like, then, like, they're described as being happy in, like, the garden of Papa Nurgle. But... At any rate, it's always, no a, it's always a fun question to ask guests. But uh, back to the topic at hand. Um, Guillemin coming back, I think this is incredibly exciting. I think it's really important that they show the, the, the journey that these characters have been on. Right, like the new Guillemin, he's, he's different. And uh, I, this is kind of a good segue 
to talk about the uh, GW's teasers that they put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out a, uh, for lack of a better descriptive term, a meme, um, uh, an image with some text that is pretty. To me, I was like, "Oh crap!" Like, it hits you right in right in the feels. Well, this it tells it gives you an indication of how big of a shakeup is coming. Uh-huh. Like we've all been guessing, like what's Gaiman gonna do? Like what's he gonna do when he wakes up? And he's like, "Wow, this is a lot different." You know, ten thousand years have gone by, but what's he gonna do? Like, what what's gonna happen here? And in the image, he's sitting on a golden throne. It's like, obviously not the emperor's throne. No, but. No. The, the implications, I think, are pretty clear. The, the Celestine's putting a halo over his head. Mm-hmm. She, like, picked the one off of her backpack and, like, yeah. put, like here, you can have this. And he's sitting in the throne. He does not look like a happy man. <laughs> um, you've got all of the characters from the previous triumvirate, uh, Carl and Grayfax. They're all in attendance to mm-hmm. him. He's clearly in charge. You've got all these other characters around him. You know right? who's not there? Cypher. Cypher. Where, where's, where's Cypher? <laughs> where did he go? Even Dick moved Cypher pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read the quote in the picture because I think it's really telling of what direction they're gonna take this. So it says, "What more do you want from me? I gave everything I had to you to them. Look what they've made of our dream. This bloated, rotting carcass of an empire is driven not by reason and hope, but by fear, hate, and ignorance. Better that we'd all burn in the fires of Horace's ambitions than live to see this. That's some heavy shit. Yeah. Thank you. He he's he's, he, he's gone from light blue to dark blue. Yes. Like, he is he is a different shade of blue. He, yeah. He's not happy. Like I feel like we're witnessing uh, uh, Anakin, kind of being like, he's turning a corner. Sand. He's turning a corner here. <laughs> I mean, not in the, you know he's not a he's not a hyper emotional brat, but he uh, he's definitely upset. Like he's woken up, and after they they were created for this purpose, right? The Primarchs were literally created to to unify the galaxy. Right? They're the Primarchs sons and they're supposed to go forth conquer the galaxy but in order to to do so in order to, to build like a perfect golden empire you you needed that level of of commander yeah on the field right so so i mean these these are violent individuals but they were their their violence was for a purpose right mm-hmm. and so really interesting so he's up he's waking up and he's like what in the f is this he's so like <laughs> what when, have you done to my empire right, when i read this I, I the way i interpret this is that He's so disgusted by what he's seeing that he's like, I would have rather Horus won than yeah. what we have now. Then when you really think about what that, when you yeah. think about what that means, he's like, I'm so upset with where we're at that I would have rather have seen the whole thing burn down. Well, I mean, it's not like he he helped in the siege of Terra, so I mean, it it he could it could have just gone that way, but you know, nothing to do with him. Yeah. So to to me, what this says is that he that that there's major change coming. Gimian is going to be opposed. To what the Imperium is now. I think we're going to see, especially um, in the High Lords of Terra. Oh, yeah. Like, There's going to be some pimp hand coming down on those yeah, guys. I know that like when I was reading the, um, the the Beast Arises series, they have a rank that's called the Lord Gilliman. It's named after him. And it's it's like the guy that commands the overall military. They weren't very clear on, on how that you know, hierarchy works. But he's sitting there with a bunch of chapter masters, and he's bossing them around. It's just like this this dinky little human dude sitting on a pillow, and you know, to to make him look taller in the command center. But like, I wonder if that's what he's going to be, or if he's just gonna like become like emperor's regent or something like that. Because if I were him, I'd get rid of all that bureaucratic nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it's because like they're in a state of of slow decline, right? Like the Imperium in the fluff has been like slowly dying. Right, it's a they're fighting like a rear guard retreat action. Yeah, death by a thousand cuts. And then like in the Eldar have been in this slow decline too. And it's like from a story perspective, it's it's not enjoyable, right? Like the, why do you think all the books that are popular are set in the thirty k universe? Because that's it. Shit is going forward, even though we mm-hmm. know the outcome. It's cool mm-hmm. to see the journey. Yeah, like all the Crusade era stuff and the, and like the alien species and the unification wars, like all of that. That is really cool and interesting stuff because it feels like, oh my gosh, look at this glorious future that we could have. We're going this grand adventure. Yeah. Even during the Horus Heresy, like e- even though you know how it ends, you're doing this journey and you still have kind of like hope for things, right. right? And I think now what GW is doing, and I applaud them, like thunderous applause. And it's so funny to see people so upset that things are changing. I'm like, get over it. The fluff has not advanced in like over 20 yeah, it's, years. It's been 10 minutes to midnight for... For 20, 30 years. Let's go, like, baby. Let's go, baby. Let's, let's do let's, it. Let's start start the new day. Yeah. If you want a game that never advances in the fluff, go play 30K, which <laughs> is a great game. But, like, I, it's time. 
right? Like the Eldar have got hope now. Like with Inari, the Inari, uh, with Inyad. Uh, yeah, we're back, baby. That's like, and, yeah. and I think that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, let's move forward. Let's do some cool shit. Like that's that got me interested in Eldar. I've never been a big a big Eldar player. I've I've enjoyed the models. Um, you know, my 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 dad plays Eldar for granted. I mean, it's it's been it's been fun, but I've never been like I need to get into this until that happened. And it's purely because the narrative, what what it means for the Eldar as a species. It, it it's exciting stuff, right? And it allows us to move forward and and it opens up infinite possibilities. We're not locked in to some sort of uh, immutable fluff like straitjacket, which. The lore is fun and it's great and people, they really absorb it and it becomes a part of the way that they interact with the game, but it should not dictate what happens because then you, you, you close the doors to creativity. Yeah. So now we're moving forward. I can't wait to see what Gaiman does. Is he going to like take over? Is he going to go like kill the High Lords of Terra and be like, you guys <laughs> suck, you failed, I'm in charge? Is, are they going to kill crossed. Are they going to kill the Emperor? Is Cypher going to kill the Emperor? Um, you've read Gathering Storm 3, so you already kind of know the answer. Well, maybe... To that question, and we mm. won't spoil it, but it's really exciting stuff. There, it's it's there's over ninety pages of just story before you even get to a single rule. Like they they go through his entire journey from the uh, when he wakes up and from where he goes to uh, the, the throne room and and the whole journey there. Everybody they meet that he meets around there, and like I haven't read every word word for word. You know, uh, Fortunate, of course. Um, we, we did a, an episode that came out last Saturday where we went over a bunch of the rules for the different characters because we, you know, as, as a team, we, we review that stuff together. So I'm, I'm just very excited to get down to the nitty-gritty word-for-word, but we hit on a bunch of the, the story elements in the pre-show that just had me going like, oh my gosh, I need this. Like, this is exactly what we've been waiting for. Yeah. So. I agree 100%. Can't wait to see what happens, but... Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think that this is clearly indicating a major shift in the universe, which I think would probably lead into some sort of a big change, possibly in 8th edition. I think yeah. that uh, looking at the pattern established by Age of Sigmar, that that's not a big leap in uh, deductive uh, reasoning to, yeah. to draw that conclusion. I'm excited. I can't wait mm -hmm. to see what they do. Uh, so yeah, hang in there, because uh, this is going to be fun. Um, also, we can uh, touch on uh, Gaiman's rules a little bit. He is a monstrous creature. Uh, he does wield a D-slinger sword. Yep. It's the Emperor's sword. On a six, it does uh, D-wounds. Yeah, if you roll a six to hit, yeah, it does D-wounds. Yeah, so if you can re-roll his hits, which is really easy to do, <laughs> he's going to be burnering shit. Uh, the big problem, of course, being that he is a monstrous creature. He cannot join a unit. And in the in, with, with the amount of high-caliber firepower that we have out there in the game right now, uh, he would be pretty easy to kill despite being tough. A grav unit could probably smoke him in mm -hmm. one shot, one volley. I feel like maybe one volley would be stretching it, but and, and he also has that on a four up, he can come back. Right. So so there is some thread there. I I, I do think that there's play in there for Gilliman, uh, especially for Ultramarines players and the things that he can do because he gives them like an extra set of combat doctrines. Yes. And so you're using between link pretty much the whole game. Yeah. And you know he's he's got all of the warlord traits on the command table, so all of his run run moves and charge moves are increased by when he's fleet. So he's got a little bit of mobility on his own. I think like the one of the, the tactics we were talking about on our show is just sling him forward with magnetokinesis. You know, that's a free eighteen inch move. Turn one, you just throw him up on your your in your enemy's backfield and say, deal with this. I think that the conclusion everyone's gonna draw is that he needs psychic support to to operate in the competitive meta he's gonna need psychic right now, support. Right now, yeah. Yeah. In casual play, he's gonna be um, he's gonna be exactly what he is in the fluff. Mm -hmm. In competitive play, where you're facing drop grab with ignores cover, yeah. um, or you know even just like a high powered shooting army, uh, you you're, you might struggle. Uh, a Death Star, uh, he actually will be quite good against a Death Star if you send him in. That's you, the precision strikes because you, you it, send him in with a chaff unit, and then you put him base to base with the model you want him on, and he will rock him because he'll yeah. go through, he'll cut through all their defenses. Well, and, and even even beyond that, you have the his. His precision strikes ability means that on it to hit of six, he gets to place that D, D where exactly he where he yeah. wants it in, in the entire unit. So you snipe out the guy who's got invisibility. You snipe out the guy who's got warp time. Or you snipe out the guy that's giving you the feel no pain. And you know what? You may not know this about me. I really don't like Death Stars. <laughs> 
What is this? I, I'm pretty reticent right, to I'm talk leaving. about it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I, I don't, I, I'm pretty shy about sharing my feelings <laughs> on this. But if he can come in and help neuter some of these Death Stars, which, again, I would never, I would never demonize somebody for playing them. Like we've, we talked mm-hmm. about this off air. I understand why people play them. And even though I, I kind of present this like, ah, I, I, it's not, like, I, I never put someone down for actually playing them. But I do think that they are bad for the game. And I, I've seen that supported so frequently with... Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of an ultra-competitive meta where both players are basically expert players, it's extremely unenjoyable for the other no. player. And if you could bring some balance to the force with Gimmin, mm-hmm. that would be such poetic justice. And I would be <laughs> very happy to see that. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and it, it is rough when you feel like the only way that I can make this work is by allying a bunch of these characters to make this one unit that I really want to play work. Like, you see that happen with Sanguinary Guard yeah. all the time. And I, and like Thunder, said, Hammer, Storm, Shield, Terminators all the time. I it's get like, it. Like you, you want to play with this with this unit, but the only way you can do it is by stacking all these crazy buffs and things, and yeah. you know, creating these these synergies. Because the only way this is going to live is if this happens. And, uh, and like we talked about off air, like I get it. Like you want to use your sanguinary guard, which objectively are bad. You want to use your terminators, which are objectively are bad. Mm-hmm. But if you stack them in and turn it into a death star, now you can make it work. So like I said, I would never put somebody down for doing it. I just the, the idea of it, and then the fact that the game is in a place where it's like. Hardcore MSU or Hardcore Death Star uh, kind of ruled the roost mm-hmm. right now. Um, although the LVO was won by Renegade's army uh, with Demon Summoning. Uh, yeah, that's that's not MSU. Hardcore. That's like multiple giant units. But then it also artillery. does throw out a shit ton of units. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, things got a little crazy. I want to mm-hmm. throw a little plug in here for Age of Sigmar right now. Because uh, none of this stuff happens. <laughs> Everything yep. dies in that game. And... Um, uh, if we were to get some of that into 40k, hypothetically, we don't know what's going to happen. But if that were to happen, I think it would be really good for the game. And I think a lot of people would be really happy. Because mm. Age of Sigmar is going ham right now. Well, if, if Gilliman, like, let's say, let's play Theory Hammer. Like, if Gilliman is the future of the, the Death Star, right? They, they get rid of the way that Death Star mechanics and allies and things work. And Gilliman is the new bully on the table. And, and it ends up being like that for the rest of the factions. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I'm very, I am 100% okay with a single model that is very, very, very offensively powerful, it has all kinds of support, but is killable. Mm-hmm. To me, that is a fun game. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I can do something to you if I play right. Yeah. Whereas a Death Star, you like literally, like you, there could be no terrain on the table, and it goes straight forward. And if it gets its powers off, you're mathematically, it's extraordinarily improbable that you're going to hurt it. Unless you have something like a D weapon, and that's just like there's no strategy involved yeah. here. That's the thing that upsets and, me. And you stack all these things. Like my, my my biggest hate is is bikes in 40k right now. I feel like bikes have unreasonably good rules for what it is. Like you you go up to a to a biker gang and you'd be like, so do you feel? I mean, you may feel tougher for riding that bicycle, but when you hit a wall, are you like are you toughness five? You know what I'm saying? You like, are if you are a space marine. <laughs> yeah, but that's that that's that's the part that gets it for me. Is like, I mean, you pay five points more for the bike, but then you'd pay for a jump pack. But it has like the relentless and all of the extra oh. movement. Like all of that is just super. You don't have to convince me. J- jump packs are are crappy right now. Jump packs, they should like. There's so many cool things in Age of Sigmar. I don't mean to hammer this, but they have um, different move characteristics, and there's things that. Like, 40K is kind of, like, locked into this, like, mm-hmm. you move six inches, you move yeah. 12 inches. Get rid of that. It, the, yeah. Like, go back to second edition when a gene stealer moved, if I remember, it was, like, eight or nine. In uh, a normal human move four. Right? I, I still have a, a little shakes from when I used to play against heavy gene stealer armies back in second, third edition. Yeah. And it, so. it, it, it works perfectly fine. Like, in, in that model, when you get rid of this, like, arbitrary notion that you have to move in increments of six inches, throw mm-hmm. that out the window. Who gives a crap? Like, make jump packs move 18 inches or yep. 16 or 14 inches. And now now they have something that makes them cool and good. Yep. Like think about Let them re-roll their charge distances, yeah. too. I mean, it's like... All the time. Who cares? All, all the time. They hit right? like a wet noodle anyway. Who mm-hmm. cares? But if they moved 18 inches, now they have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, think how good that is. An assault unit that moves 18 inches has a re-roll charge. Maybe they don't hit super hard, but they go hunt down those little MSU squads. Mm-hmm. Now they have a purpose. And yep. now there's a reason to take them over a jump or a bike, yep. which is... Clearly superior in every conceivable way, <laughs> yep. right? If we're not, like you said, for barely any more points. Yep. So I think little changes like that, um, if, if these were to occur, would be great for the game. But um, yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see um, what happens. With, There's a lot to look forward to. It, it, this is a great time to be a 40K enthusiast. Yeah. Really, really is. Uh, so segue into Age of Sigmar. 
The Age of Sigmar app has been updated with an army builder. This is really exciting. Uh, previously, we were using War Scroll Builder, which is a great third party. Mm. Uh, great, so easy to use. Building an army list in, in Age of Sigmar is so freaking easy. <laughs> Like the 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 insane mm-hmm. like flowchart required morass <laughs> of writing yeah. a, a army list of forty k right now contrasted with with Age of Sigmar, we're like I'll take this unit, this unit, this unit, this unit, this unit. Oh look at that, my army list is done, and there's no mistakes. It's so much easier. I I would love that. Yeah. As much as it's it's fun to have like eight books out on your desk and just be like you you feel like uh freaking you know Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, like or, or Gandalf in the <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, with the dusty tomes and stuff. You like, got like red string pinned yeah. all over. Yeah, that's right. This formation from this unit <laughs> with this data slate. Uh, and again, you know, love 40K with all my heart, but sometimes you got to give a little tough love. It is, it's it, overly it, complex. is a, it is a cumbersome yeah. beast. It is overly complex at this point in time. But uh, with Age of Sigmar, you don't even need really any of the books. Uh, it's you, you need the General's Handbook. But mm-hmm. with it, now with their army builder. I love the concept of the General's Handbook. Oh, dude. It, it's what we've been asking for forever mm-hmm. forever oh man sanguinary guard overpriced well you know what at worst it'll be for a year and then next year we're going to lower their points cost oh my gosh which is hilarious because when you think about it like you buy all those upgrades that they have individually and, and you feel like wow you know 33 points a model for a 2 plus armor save with a master crafted power weapon and a jump pack that doesn't seem bad but when you've got bikes and grab and all this other you just, stuff oh, you just need to say grab yeah. Grav is so bad Grav. for the game. Oh, man. It's not even funny. Grav single-handedly invalidated so many units from the game. Well, and with Grav, even, even the notion of Grav, like, they, they use the armor save as, as the metric for determining a wound. I think it should be model toughness. Like, the higher your toughness is, the more the gravity is going to affect you. The like the, the stronger the stronger like the yeah you are, but yeah the, the stronger the weapon should be like by having it just straight up AP two and based off your armor save you could have like two plus armor save grots and it would kill them not that that would ever happen but you see yeah. you see how that makes very little sense oh no no grav is terrible 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 for the game I've said this a million times grav and it's concussive is, and it's immobilizing stuff and it's so and funny it's, how GW does it sometimes it's like they take something that's so good and make it better and then they make it better <laughs> like lash of submission that psychic power from fifth edition which was one of the most powerful psychic powers. I've ever seen in any edition of the game, except Vortex of Doom in second edition, which yeah. was literally the erase <laughs> button. Yeah. It took terrain off the table. It's like that, or like the old school assassin that would just go in and kill everybody. In, in that was okay. Army. I used that one. No, I just kidding. <laughs> he was so powerful. I see how it is. Reed. I, I was so powerful. But, or with the, the old uh, polymorphine, where you like that oh, model right. in your army is actually my assassin, so he's dead and he's now my guy, <laughs> yep. and now he's gonna kill everybody. Yep. Like, but uh, <laughs> like with, with Lash of Submission, it was so unbelievably powerful, but it also caused pinning. You're like, why? Why did it need that? Just to kick you when you're down. Yeah. And it's like we were talking about off air uh, with things like Grav. The real problem is the all or nothing nature of 40K right now. It's, it's my weapon either ignores your armor completely or it does nothing. Yeah. And it makes so many mid-tier weapons unusable. But if we go back to second edition with armor save modifiers... Everything is good. No, I think the armor save modifier is a great, great game mechanic. Vastly superior system. I mean, but I mean, even if even if the AP of the weapon is great, like having a high strength, just forcing people to roll those dice, like like scat bikes, scatter lasers on scat bikes, all of the strength six shooting, like you can have a, a unit of five terminators. Like I I run orbital intervention several times, but all it takes is like one bad roll where you have like three yeah. ones, and then you've lost and like 150 points. That's another point that I've been was hammering for years and years and years is Terminator should have two wounds. Uh-huh. Like, think about... Like, the, like Paladins, but not as expensive. Right, and Paladins should have three wounds. Right. Like, they, if you if you gave Terminators an extra wound, it would give them a, a layer of defense against chaff, like you were talking mm-hmm. about, like some grots shoot you with your grot blasters and you roll three ones and you're like, oh. All right, well, I lost fun. one dude now instead of three. Instead of three, instead of having the squad utterly neutered. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a couple things like that, but anyway, we're, we're wishlisting at this point. But if you do want to check out Age of Sigmar, download the app. It's free. Uh, it has all the war scrolls in the game. So you can look at the rules for any unit. And it has uh, most of the battalions, if I remember correctly. Now the army builder, I haven't had a chance to try it out, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, you, you don't have to lug around all the books. I mean, and I, I haven't pulled the trigger on Age of Sigmar yet. I've done, I've done a few demos and things. I really enjoy playing the game. I just haven't found that army that fits me quite yet. I, I was kind of digging on Fire Slayers for a little bit, but I just I kind of wanted to wait and see what was coming. What was coming. Well, the... In the new General's Handbook coming out, if you're a Fire Slayer player, you're going to be pretty happy. You're going to be pretty All happy. Right. 
So yeah, make sure to check that out if you are interested in Age of Sigmar. It's free. That's uh, not always the case with Games Workshop. So make sure to check that out. Also, if you want to come to the Bay Area Open, we are almost sold out. If I remember correctly, there's only 30 tickets left. Uh, and that went really quick. This is going to be the fastest sellout we've ever had for the BAO. Uh, only about 30 tickets left, and that's not many. This no, there's not a whole lot. No, this is, a, this is the biggest West Coast major event. Uh, generates a ton of ITC points. Come on out and have fun. It's a great event. Seventh year of it. It's nuts. But uh, make sure to jump and get those tickets uh, because this is going to sell out. I will be shocked if we are not sold out by Friday. Yeah, I, w I would be pretty surprised myself. I mean, even just looking at how fast the LVO sold out. Yeah, I mean, that was nuts. I mean, the community, uh, I, there's there's a lot of people like in the in the Washington and Oregon area that like to come down for that. You know, uh, even even Idaho, like there's uh, this group of guys that came down for Gladiator Games. That was my event down in Utah that like to travel around for that. Like BAO is going to, it's going to be hot. It's a great event, and it's what started everything for Frontline Gaming, as we always say. So it's got a special place in our heart. It's the primogenitor event. It is the primogenitor. It is the paterfamilias of <laughs> Frontline Gaming. But uh, make sure to grab those tickets, please, or you will miss out. Also, we are still accepting applications for the in-house studio paint position. That means you will be working here at Frontline Gaming in the HQ with the rest of us. It's a pretty amazing work environment, if I do say so myself. A little messy right now because... Uh, we are <laughs> we got product coming out of our ears, but we did just expand. We now have a 4,000 square foot facility. Thank goodness, because we were running out of space. <laughs> but uh, we do have a, a paint studio. It's very nice. You have your own desk. You sit down, uh, come and work with the rest of the team. And uh, we have a space for one, possibly two. We are looking for someone that is local in the San Diego area. If you are willing to relocate, um, that's a big deal. Mm. So it's we want It is a big move, and, and we would prefer not to do that. Um, if you are dead set on it, and you are willing to to take that that risk, um, we want to make sure that you understand fully what is involved uh, in this. Because San Diego, it's it's not as expensive as the rest as the rest of California, but it's not cheap. And uh, if you're going to be a professional studio painter, you need to understand what it takes. Yeah. You have to be. You are a professional. You're not goofing off. You sit down and you get your job done, and if you do, you make you make a really good income. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people lack that discipline, so we're a little hesitant to have someone move across um, the country yeah. and then oh crap! Like I, you got to you got to be committed. You were a commission painter. You understand? Yeah. Like you can't goof off. Like you must you must be serious about it, it is a job it's a keep your job. commitments yeah. you i mean you can have a flexible schedule and all that like you're if you're a night owl fine you're a night owl whatever but your your loyalty is to the company and the company's loyalty is to the clients and you yeah. must meet those deadlines or you're going to lose people's respect or you're going to lose your job mm. right so that's why we're a little hesitant to have someone come out because there's no room for error like you mm -hmm. said uh, if you can't keep up with the pace, which again, it's not impossible. Like if you're dedicated, you, anyone can do it if they're dedicated. Yep. But uh, that's the only reason we're hesitant to have someone move here for the job because without seeing how they work, we don't want them to go all in and then go, oh crap, this isn't for me. And then you're, mm -hmm. you would feel really bad. And in terms of work environment, I mean, I, I had a tour of the facility. I've been working here this morning uh, doing some of the, the usability improvements on the ITC FAQ to try and help help make it more readable for people. And just being in here, and, and it's a good environment for someone who's into into this kind of thing, I yeah. feel. And so if you, I, I have a very strong confidence that if you're, if you're the dedicated type of person, that you meet your deadlines, you meet your commitments, you're willing to put in the work, you could be successful. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I wasn't trying to scare anybody. I just want to be realistic. Yeah. And thank you for the, the kind words. It is a fun, it's a supportive environment. And bring the hammer down. Yeah. I just want to set realistic expectations. Like the guys that are with us have been with us for a long time and they're, they're committed. They make good money. And it's, you have a living wage and you have a good lifestyle and you get to play with toys all day. But uh, I yeah, just want to Gaming sure. full time. Like, yeah. Like, isn't that the dream, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many friends have, have told me that, oh man, I wish that I could... Uh, just do this all the time and support my family and, and all that other stuff. So and you if, can. If, if, if you're willing to, to put the work in, yep. I, think, I think it's definitely possible. So. This is that opportunity and you can make gaming your career. But we see people burn out in painting all the time. It's mm -hmm. because they don't understand that it is a job. Yep. You sit your butt down and you get your job done. And if you do, everything's great. If you don't, it's not. And so. be ready to not do as much on your own projects. <laughs> oh, I know. That's, 
That's the hard part. Yeah. Um, it's like painting all this cool stuff for other people. You're like, but I want to play with that. Yeah. Now you're, then you're like, okay, now I don't want to be. <laughs> it's stuff. like, uh, yeah. I need, I need a break from painting. <laughs> yeah. So again, not trying to scare anybody off. It's, this is an incredible opportunity and it, we, it is a very supportive environment. We will teach you, uh, we're, what we're looking for more than, 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 um, advanced level uh, painting and hobbying skills because we can teach you that. Mm. We're looking more for someone who is a hard worker, is a good member of a team, like no ego or very little, and, mm. uh, and someone that has a positive attitude. Because if you have those things, we can teach you everything else, yep. right? That, those are the most important things for working as a part of a team because everyone here is very positive. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like you don't even have to have a creative brain to be a successful painter. It's a skill. Because... Once you understand the equation, like how it works, oh, this color, or this layer on top of this layer, the sequence of events. Absolutely. You can you can you can master colors. You can yep. get you can get color theory down. So it's a technical skill. You're a tr you're a skilled craftsman, right? You mm -hmm. you're also an artist, but when you do it professionally, you're a skilled craftsman. Think of yourself as like a carpenter, mm -hmm. not as Da Vinci. Right? Yeah, and you work and you work for somebody, and that means that sometimes like a creative decision that they make would be different than what you do. And if they don't like your suggestion, they can say no, and then you have to do it anyways. And you have to deal with it. Yeah. And and you don't you don't get all bent out of shape over it. You just sit there and get it done. Yeah, you're performing a service. Yep. So again, it is a wonderful job, but we do just want to make sure that everybody understands what to expect. Um, so we will be going through all those applications. Thank you to everybody that's submitted one. We really appreciate and are flattered by your interest. And uh, Jason will be getting to you this week. Awesome. Uh, we have some new releases from Privateer Press for the month of March. We have Captain Allison Jakes, a Signar Warcaster. This is a new Warcaster. Uh, I'm, I'm not a Privateer Press expert. I do like the game a lot. I haven't played in a while, but I think this is a brand new Signar Warcaster. I, I'm going to defer to your judgment on that. I, I don't play with felt games. So Ooh. as as much as Ooh, that was a, that was a kidney shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's that that was one of the things like the first uh, like War Machine Hordes event that I went to. I saw it was like just stands with like a pair of pewter legs glued to the top of it, and I people know. playing on like a flat surface. Yeah, that kills me. And that that kind of like ruined the whole thing for me. But I think some of like the the, the art like the like this uh, Captain Jake. I love the miniatures. They look it yeah. looks solid. And if like if you go to the LVO, the miniature the, the quality of the of the the aesthetic appearance is really high. But when you go to a lot of uh, War Machine like RTTs. It is a travesty, man. Yeah. It's like, you're like, what happened to this? It was like, it was like Cheetos, like crumpled up on the felt. Yeah. Coca-Cola stain. <laughs> the miniatures aren't painted. A lot of times they're not even assembled. You're like, what is? This is like hard. This hurts my like, eyes. Is, is, this a, is this a miniatures game or is it a card game? Yeah, it's like you, like you might as well. You seriously should just play with chits mm. on, a, on a piece of paper. Yep. Like it would look better. Like, it, like an old Avalon Hill war game from like, yep. you know, the 80s. But uh, uh, when War Machine is done right, it looks amazing. But very frequently, it's, it's not, and that hurts me. Because these miniatures are great, like the Brickhouse Signar Heavy Warjack. I really love this miniature. And then lastly, this one was really he just intriguing. just wants to give you a high five. He he's a what's up, bro? Yeah. Uh, I think he looks cool. I like the cartoony aesthetic of, of War Machine. I, I really like it. Uh, obviously, clearly heavily influenced by World of Warcraft. Naturally, uh, yeah. But then this one was really intriguing to me because my favorite Warcaster, um, or um, yeah, Warcaster in the game is uh, Alistair Kane. He's the double, uh, like, um, flintlock pistol. So he's the cipher of flintlock. Yeah, totally. Right. And he's, his story's cool. He's kind of like Han Solo kind of dude. Oh, uh, yeah. But apparently now, because the story has progressed, um, they do have an advancing storyline, which I think is very cool. Um the Signar has gotten taken over by uh, the former king's evil brother, like killed him or deposed, exiled him, put him in exile, which is better for plot reasons because he can come back later. <laughs> and uh, apparently now Signar is all screwed up and they were kind of the good guys. Yep. So Kane has gone rogue. He's now a mercenary warcaster. I play mercenary, so I'm like, oh wow, my favorite character. I could use him now. And he's Welcome. got. Welcome. Uh, come on in. And it's cool because he's a warcaster unit, which I, to, again, I've only, you've only seen this very rarely with like uh, Baba Yaga and Scrapjack. So, I think this is really cool. I, I might have to pick these up um, and get and play again. I haven't played in quite some time, but the miniature is awesome. I mean, he, he looks sufficiently, like, cool. angry and cool, and he's got all of those little bells and whistles that, I mean, just from a model design perspective, I mean, I, I painted a lot of Infinity lately. Yeah. Uh, as, as part of the commissions that I was doing, and you, I can definitely respect, like, the, the good attention that people give to these models. Like, I, I think that these look pretty good. Well, how long do you think it takes for him to get dressed? 
Oh man, I t- <laughs> there's so many belts. Well, and straps. I don't know. Do you divide it over like the week where he never takes it off, or like because I, I would imagine it probably takes him a few hours to get dressed, and then he just keeps it on for a week. Maybe his pants. Maybe all the belts see, and stuff his, are attached. He's, he's got kind of like the. I, I don't know how fast his beard goes. He's got the five o'clock shadow. Well, that shows you that he's a manly man. Yep. Right. That's. The I thought it was the the cleft chin and the consternated expression. <laughs> and the the the, the strong jawline. Mm. That tells you that's a man's mm. man. Maybe that's why I'm curiously attracted to the model. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, we actually got a chance to do a little bit of hobbying this weekend, which is really rare for us. Um, we were working all weekend, but then on Sunday we just halfway through the day we're like, you know what, let's take a break. You gotta um, do that sometimes. You definitely do. And uh, played a couple games. Of Age of Sigmar, I'm getting ready for Adepticon. I'm going to play Age of Sigmar at Adepticon. Uh, my free nice. peoples. Yeah, I've got a, a picture. It's a crappy picture. I apologize. I took it with my cell phone. Uh, but those are my free peoples. They're well underway. Um, played against uh, Brandon's Death Army. Two games. And that's one of the things I love about the game. We played two games in like two and a half hours. Like, that's awesome. Boom, boom. Yeah. And, that is uh, one of the big things that people complain about in 40K. It's just games take, take forever. Take forever. And they they don't finish naturally sometimes. Like, and you do not get that problem in Age of Sigmar. Nope. Uh, the game's super quick. Uh, Brandon's Death Army is so nasty. Like, we play pretty hardcore armies. And uh, the army that I'm thinking about taking to Adepticon, the first game I screwed up and he smashed my face. <laughs> Second game, uh, I, I ended up actually tabling him. And he's using the Gash, who is so brutal, and a zombie dragon, or a vampire lord on a zombie dragon. And uh, zombies in that game are, I think, the best troop in the game. They're <laughs> stupidly good. Well, isn't that, like, true for zombies pretty much everywhere? Well, like, in, in uh, 40K, when you use zombies, they're not actually very good. Like They don't, they don't kill, kill stuff, anything, but, but they don't die easily either. And there's tons of them. And Renegade zombies are arguably one of the best troops in the game because they're so cheap and they're fearless. Mm-hmm. But they don't really do anything. Zombies in Age of Sigmar will actually kick your ass. Like, they're good. And as they kill you, your guys on a six turn into a zombie. And then they regenerate D6 zombies every turn. So, like, the unit just keeps you like, ah! You're like, you want to finish those guys in one fell swoop, is what you're saying. But it's a 50-man starting unit, so it's pretty tough to do. Pretty tough. I can see that. I can see that being difficult. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I really am enjoying my Free People's Army. Um, I'll post my list in an article uh, probably on Wednesday. I think there's there's a lot of people that have been asking me what I'm using. Um, They're really, really good. So, like... When 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 free peoples get an update, will they be four peoples after that? Ooh, not one, two, free. They're the free people because they are free and proud, baby. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? They're making they're making as your Grey free game. flag fly. There you go. Uh, we also got some Conflict 47 models uh, put together and uh, based. I got my Soviet infantry. Uh, really, their paint scheme Speaking is so of, of zombies. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, Brandon, uh, our lead artist in the paint studio, got his Nazi zombies. The Toten Core. <laughs> Toten Core. The Dead Core. And that's like Marine Core, not like. Uh, yeah. Uh, Toten being like dead. Dead. In yeah. German. Yeah. Because you speak uh, some German. But uh, they look great. Uh, Mariana put together a Cromwell tank, which you can see in the background. And there's my Soviet infantry. Super easy to, to get them together and painted. Their paint scheme is so simple. So I'm going to do a really simple paint job on them just because we want to get them on the table and play it. Uh, but we are carrying the product line if anybody wants to pick that up. Uh, looking good. So let's move on to the topic, um, kind of why you're here visiting. Yeah, um, sure. We're going to be updating a lot of the ITC documentation. Chris, uh, your background, you're currently about to finish school for, why don't you explain your major because I'm not going to say it right. So I do professional technical writing, which is you know, a, a way of saying I make documents that, that are functional and look good. So you know, a technical writer is, is the guy that's going to, to say, all right, well, this wall of text needs to be broken up. You need headings. You need like document design. There's, there's uh, advertising, graphic design elements that, that are incorporated into that. Writing a stereo novel, or a stereo handbook, yeah. so that you can actually install it. Like the people that make sure that uh, you know, the, the medicine bottle has all of the ingredients on there and meets all the regulations and everything is on there that needs to be on there. Like, so technical writers can work pretty much everywhere and do anything because every company needs somebody that can organize their information yes so information systems content management all that stuff that's that's kind of what 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 my thing is and then i also do uh graphic design so i generate logos and make t-shirts and like do do all those things because those things work well together yes 
So what I'm here to do is just to, to help with some improvements on the usability and organization of the ITC documentation. So the, the biggest thing is just uh, going through and formatting a bunch of the, the ITC FAQ to make it more navigatable for people so that uh, there's, there's a table of contents right now that's existing on, on the left. Uh, so going through, uh, consolidating different portions of the FAQ. So like right now for Eldar, for example, you have your Eldar section, but if you're looking for the Forge World stuff, you have to go down to the Forge World section and look for the specific Eldar thing. Well, I'm going to be consolidating that stuff. So you have Eldar as a main section, the regular Codex Eldar, and then you have your Imperial Armor Eldar stuff underneath that. So it's all in one place so that people don't have to keep going back and forth. Um, so it, it's it's stuff like that. And, I, and the ITC FAQ is, is functional now, but this is all in an attempt to make it as user-friendly as possible. Which is greatly appreciated because if a document is too unwieldy, it doesn't get used, Yeah. right? And I, we're really thankful. And it's also good for you because it's part of your yeah. senior project. Yep. Pretty cool. It's a win-win. Um, but we're really excited to make the doc easier to navigate because one of the goals, for those of you who've been with us on this journey, like I started out working with the guys who kind of handed the torch off to us to keep the keep it alive, to mm -hmm. keep the, the independent FAQ alive and, and, and kicking. The INAT, the INAT FAQ, which was what predated everything else, like it was before the NOVA FAQ, it was before the uh, ITC FAQ, before the ETC FAQ, um, the I9 FAQ kind of like laid the, the foundation, but it be, one of the complaints is it got too big. Mm -hmm. It was like this massive document. So we started fresh, and then the, what was what became the ITC FAQ was actually a really slim and easy to use document. But with the the plethora of information that's been introduced, in well, the, the game, releases, just the sheer number yeah. of releases since you guys have gotten started has just necessitated an increase in the amount of information you just, have to cover. It just keeps getting bigger, and now we're mm -hmm. back to the point where it's like. A difficult to manage document. Thank goodness GW is back in the game, and they're working with us. When I say us, I mean all of the um, the community the, and the, yeah. the, the big tournament organizers yeah. specifically. And now we're deleting stuff for the first time in years. We're deleting things from the yeah. We're we're actually shortening which the is FAQ. Great. Like uh, right now, I'm reconciling the um, the Yanari stuff from the GW released FAQ into the ITC FAQ. So yeah. when, when all these edits and everything go live, that stuff's going to be taken out of there. So just probably deleting maybe three quarters of a page of, of redundant information that is less that you as the user have to read in order to, to play your games. Right. So adding in some searchability, uh, easier to navigate using some of the tricks of Google Docs. Um, yep. You're going to be able to convert it to a PDF. You're also saying you're gonna convert it. You can, you make it. So, you are gonna make it so it's easily uploaded onto a smart device like a tablet or phone. Yeah. So I like I put instructions in there because you can you can download the FAQ as it is right now as a PDF if you want. There's way there's a way to do that. But the organization of it is still just it's still gonna look the same. It's not gonna have the the different improvements in there. Um, but you know one of the things that I did as a judge for LVO was I went through and I created PDF documents of every resource that I would need. And so when someone had a question, I could just pull it up on my iPad. I wasn't connected to the internet. Like that's that's one of the hard things for people is sometimes you're playing somewhere where you don't have an internet connection, you can't pull it up on your phone. Right. But so there's gonna be instructions for how you can download that as a PDF and then you can import that into your PDF reader on your phone. Hopefully we're hoping to, to well, hopefully we're hoping. We're we're hoping that we're hoping we're hoping. But we want to be able to have the, the FAQ on the Best Coast Pairings app at some point. Right. So that if you have it, it's part of the install. You don't have to be connected to, like, say, the server or anything. You can just pull it up, pull up the FAQ, and then type in whatever section you're looking for and in a search feature, and it'll take you there so that everything can be consolidated into one place. So we're going to be bringing the format, like, because you have on the ITC webpage, you have all the format restrictions and stuff. That's going to be a new section that's going to be incorporated into the FAQ document at the end so that everything is right there in one place for everybody to look at. And I think that's great. Really, thank you for taking time out of your schedule. You drove 15 hours from Utah to, to come and do this. And, drive. And, and again, and yeah, thank you for coming. Uh, and again, it's, it's all, we're also happy that it's going to help you to, to yeah, get over I mean, the it's, hump and graduate. It's totally, yeah. yeah. So it's cool. Like th this is the kind. Of, this is the, lot of the way a lot of these things work in the community. Is that we all help each other out. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's great whenever you can mix business and pleasure, just like with your your paint studio, you know, job opening. Like anytime you can do something that you love to do, as as part of something that you need to do, then 
the everything ends up being better for it. Absolutely. So, and this is going to be a living document. Uh, there's going to be version numbers for each like quarterly poll in the season. So it's like you know, right now the the working title is ITC FAQ 2017 season first quarter. Right. So that if you have one that you've downloaded and it's not the right one, you'll be easily able to tell right on the front page, oh, this is the wrong version. And the little things like that are going to make it just easier to access the information, make it more accessible, and then more people will use it because it's easier to use. Yep. So I think that's great. Again, thank you for bringing your expertise and your time. Well, thank um, you for, for letting me come here and, and do my school project here. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a, uh, totally hospitable person right here. So. Hey, people crash on my couch all the time. <laughs> like it's... I'm totally, I'm totally. As far as couches go, it's not, too, it's, it's really not that bad. Yeah. It's, uh, doesn't even have a bad smell or anything. I, I appreciate that so much. I keep my place pretty clean. Yeah. It's very nice. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty uh, cleanly person, but, uh, so that's going to be great. Look forward to that. It's going to be, uh, make using the document easier, which is great. Uh, and it's going to make the ITC more accessible for more people. And my, my hope, my genuine hope is that as we progress down this road is with this relationship with GW, that the ITC FAQ is really going to be distilled down to just things specific to the ITC mm. and format stuff, uh, how you build your army. Right. Uh, do we want to do any rules modifications like with the two plus reroll save? If we could distill it down that to that point, my God, that'd be great. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, I mean, if we could keep it to five pages and then just a bunch of missions, then that's you know that's the ideal situation, right? Right. Because people, they, they, who knows, new edition maybe on the on the horizon. I mean, and and then we get to start all over. Right. But hey, better to be able to delete a bunch of stuff than yeah. have to, you know. I, I agree because people mistakenly think that in the ITC, like that we want to like control the way people play the game. I think that that, that has been largely We're just trying to find common ground. Is is what I've is, trying to make the game yeah. playable for God's sakes. Yeah. Like I think that 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 idea has been largely dispelled. I think people see that we're not trying to control the way people play the game because we don't we don't care how you play the game. It's it's more about making the game playable, accessible, and growing the community, mm -hmm. right? Thank Trying to, to navigate the maze of what 40K has become. Uh, and, and again, I don't mean to sound negative about that because as we discussed, right now, from a creative standpoint, the game is, is the best. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you oh, want. Oh, yeah. You can do anything you want. But from a competitive standpoint, it has become overly complicated, in my opinion. And we talk about this sort of thing on Forge Narrative quite a bit where, you know, the idea that, that Paul came up with of, you know, type 1, type 2, type 3 play, that you could go anywhere in the world and you say, I want a type 1 game, and you have your type 1 army, and someone would be like, oh, yeah, type 1, I, I'm familiar with that. Like, ITC is, is, is kind of like that in that if you walk into a, a hobby store, you can say, I, I want to play an ITC mission using this format, and it's, it's big enough now that people are familiar enough with that that you could just do a pickup game and have kind of an understanding of how it's going to go. It gives you a common ground, mm -hmm. and that was the goal. That was the point. Even, even in my area, right, there's five different stores that I go to, and each store does things a little differently. And that's, it's always a there's local There's nothing meta. wrong with that. No, there's but always a localized meta, and it's sometimes very subtle. When people are traveling, and they, like say you want to do a pickup game, you're on a business trip or whatever, it's, it's just easy to have that format to fall back on. And that was the goal. That was the goal. It was supposed to be a starting point, a, a taking off point. Mm -hmm. Here... Because the game has gotten so complicated, and again, I'm not down on 40k. I, I, it's my, it's my. We're, girlfriend. we're in a golden age of it's 4K. My, my gaming girlfriend. I love it, mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes you can offer some constructive criticism. And the game has gotten so complex that you go, "Here's a starting point." Oh, ITC. Yeah, I know ITC. I may not like everything about it, but I know it. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, I'd like to get a pickup game. Let's play ITC. Okay. Yep. It, it just gives you a starting point. In Europe, the ETC format is very similar, mm -hmm. although ITC is becoming more and more popular uh, in Europe too. So. Uh, that's going to be great. Look forward to that. Also, make sure to go out and go get some ITC points this weekend. We have a ton of events coming up. Do we have any GTs? Uh, looks like we do not have any GT-level events uh, this weekend coming up. But we do have a ton of events all over the world. A ton in Canada. The, can the Canadians are sorry. wrecking shit right now. Sorry. 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 Yeah, we're sorry for winning. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> Very polite, those Canadians. Uh, we, we also Yeah, no, I love Canadian people. That's uh, It's a great country. Um, spent a lot of time up there, actually. Yeah. So, uh, we also have a recently completed commission. It's an Eldar Wraith Knight, if you want to scroll down there, my friend. And uh, this came out oh, of Oh, yeah. Our, nice no, and red. Sexy. Mm. Sexy. It's only two colors, but it still looks amazing. No, and, and, and that is that is the beauty. Like, this is why you could be a successful commission painter, is because you have a model that essentially uses two, maybe three, you know, have a couple accents here, but it's all about understanding tone and, and you know, the way yeah. the light falls on the model. Like, when you get those basics down, you, you can do anything. Yeah, like, this Wraith Knight is basically red and black. Cue the music. Like, yeah, it's basically red and black. 
but it looks amazing. And there's so much depth to the, both the red and the black color mm -hmm. that it feels like it's a, it feels like it's a very colorful model, but it's not. And that's, mm -hmm. it looks great. The, the studio did such a good job on this one. Uh, so we just want to give a shout out to them and make sure to consider us for your next commission because we are always taking work. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Let's jump over to Twitch and see if anybody has any questions for us. Awesome. All right, guys. You can close that ad if you just click on that little X up in the corner. No, All right, okay. There you Bam. go. All right, let's see if anybody's got some questions for us. Uh, 1473, what happened to my Sylvaneth? Uh, scroll down. All right, down, down. Um, I have them. I just haven't been playing them because I've been having so much fun with uh, my Free People's Army. I just really, really like the way the army plays. So people are talking shit to Chris. I know, man. I'm sure they're your friends. That's, that's what I, that's what I'm happy to see. Like I, I shared it to a couple of local local groups. I was like, hey, come heckle me, guys. So um, open Badom Badom, Opeth Badom. That is. It. And I wonder what the story is behind that name. Okay, I guess we're not talking War Machine. Uh, we're always the forgotten ones. <laughs> no, we do we do talk about War Machine. Uh, we just don't have time. We really don't have time to play it right now. Although one of our studio painters, Pascal, is huge into War Machine. He has three gorgeous War Machine armies, um, and he really wants to play. And he got Frankie playing again. So um, if you have any questions or comments about War Machine, we do have a, a staff writer, Vic, Big Vic, that uh, specializes in War Machine. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot them away. Uh, Algirdis Vritis, blah, blah, blah. Uh, can you scroll <laughs> up a little bit? Uh, have, you, have you heard about the Sisters of Silence Kron transport from Horus Heresy 7? It's the best assault vehicle in the game. Half the cost of a Land Raider, fast skimmer with stealth. How is that gigantic, shy halud worm, sandworm-looking vehicle stealthy? No, like it's it's basically like the kidnap mobile. So you, they they they, this, <laughs> they try to run They away. just kind of like go go to where the psychers are in this thing, and it's just kind of like whoa 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 whoa, you know. And then they have these little containers. The sisters pop out, grab the psyker, chuck them in the pod, and then. Off they go. Off they go to be sacrificed yep. to the emperor. Yep. Mm, it's a good story. Yeah, it's, it's, a warm, it's a heartwarming story. Yeah, that's... You a know. tale of, of, of sadness and despair. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Dos Beats, will I be cosplaying free people of Depticon? Yeah. I already got my cod piece. <laughs> I got my pantaloons. I got some yoga pants that I'm going to dye in yellow and black. I got a super big cod piece. I don't piece. know how to feel about this, right? I got a floppy hat <laughs> with a feather that's this big. And I've got poofy sleeves it's on my jacket. It's freaking awesome. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm gonna grow my mustache out. It's, I'm gonna knock out one of my teeth. It's gonna look good. Uh, do you have time to hear the words of the many-armed emperor? Uh, I'm not into that kind of heresy. Yeah, it's a little bit, a uh, little bit too Japanese oh, for me. Oh, from the cult, from the cult. Yeah, uh, cult mech. Or, no, or cult, uh, gene cult, uh, cult. Gene cult. Yeah. Uh, Primarch Safarius, uh, Reesinari are crazy. Have you played against them yet? I have witnessed some fun two-game Indian craziness. I've uh, never considered something in the stream, but the faction should perhaps uh, be banned. I have not had a chance to play against them yet. Um, so my opinion is very limited on the Inari. Um, we do have members of our team that are playtesting it, uh, and they're going to be feeding us some reports. Uh, a banning of faction is always, like, that's, like, exterminatus level extreme. I, yeah, I, I would uh, definitely not. Uh, there, there, would, there would need to be like a couple of turnkeys and some extra security proceedings before I just say, oh, ban it. You know, yeah. especially Even if it's just based on two games. It's a shock and awe. Is all, you always get shock and awe the first time you play against something. Yep. Right? Something that's new and it's good. You don't expect it. It feels too good. Play it on the, the fifth, seventh, eighth game and you're like, uh, you know what? It's really good, but it's not as good. You adapt. You adapt. You adapt tactics and strategies. Um, we will put them on the table and we will play them. I just, uh, I have not had a chance. I, I played a couple games of Vision Sigmar because I'm trying to get ready for Adepticon. That's all the, the gaming I've done in the last week. Um, but uh, we'll, if you have some serious concerns, uh, share your comments on the, on the comment section of the uh, blog post of the podcast. And I'd be interested to hear what other people in the community yeah. feel who have had a chance to play them. Uh, Brutish card. Jason looks, uh, yeah, Jason has undergone a massive body transformation. We're really proud of him. He's lost over 80 pounds. That's legit. Over 80 pounds. And he did, it, he did it the real way. He's been eating chicken and rice and lifting weights five days a week. And he's gone from, he's, he's under 200 pounds now, I think. Oh, to be under 200 pounds. Yeah. I mean, he was pushing 300. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're really proud of him. It's funny because the, the, everyone, like now Frankie's going to the gym. Uh, Mariana got a personal trainer. Like everyone's been 
doing it. I've been thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like eight classes this semester and I'm working and you know, like it's, I'll, I'll get back to the gym soon. No, I started riding my bike again to work, but then it, then it rained again. And then now you're here and I have to give you rides, which I'm happy to do. Yeah. I am totally just perfect. The whole reason I'm here is to mess with this workout. Right. No, it's 100% on me. Uh, anyway, guys, oh, uh, Pro- Proctoso says your eBay store is awesome. Just bought two storm surges for half of what they cost. Uh, yeah, thank you. We're glad that we could hook you up. Yeah, the secondhand shop has been a, really a great boon. Um, tons of people are taking advantage of it. So again, the way it works, for those of you who don't know, um, if you have old models that you are collecting dust, you're not using them, you do not want to go through all the malarkey of trying to sell them yourself. Uh, you can sell them to us for cash. Or we'll give you store credit. We'll give you quite a bit more store credit than we will cash because for us, it makes sense. Uh, Fiscally, it's no different for us. So what a lot of people are doing, um, if they need cash, they get cash. But more frequently, what people are doing is they're sending in their old old army. And then they're getting... Just trying to get like the the things they want free, like the new force or to fill out the one that they they want to start playing with more. Right. That makes sense. And then they'll turn it into an order from us uh, at our discounted prices and then we ship you new models and you didn't have to do anything. You had to do very little. Yep. And all of a sudden your old army becomes a new army. And it's not like GameStop. We don't give you 10 cents on the dollar or some crazy shit. We, <laughs> we give a, actually a very, very fair um, exchange. Now we do have to leave a margin for us to make money when we turn around and sell them because it's yeah. extremely labor intensive. Yeah. It takes a lot. It is way more difficult and complex than we thought it would be. I walked over to the area where they're doing this and I'm just like, <laughs> It's well, crazy, dude. There's like boxes and bags everywhere. Um, and it takes a lot of labor to run an eBay store. It really does. It's way, way more challenging than you would think. And you have to have a ton of equipment. Um, uh, not to say you couldn't do it. You could. But it's just so much easier to work with us. right? And that's why so many people do it. If you don't want to, if you want to go sell it on your own, you will probably make more money. That's the truth. Ours is easy. And then if you do the store credit route, the difference in what you do on your own for what you get in store credit is not that big. And you can just go get new models. Yep. Yeah. And then if you go into our uh, into our eBay store, you can get some hot deals, like half price storm surges, fully assembled. Like, that's a that's, yeah, a, that's right. a good deal. If you're if you're into sushi like that, then yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you can find there's some gems, and it's so hard not to like try and keep everything. <laughs> <laughs> like we just got some Rogue Trader era uh, blood letters. Those, oh man, yeah. those are old. Dude, we just old. we had three fully painted bloodthirsters. Like the, the dinky ones that look like no, the No, 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 the from, new ones. Oh, the new ones. Fully painted. We just picked up a fully painted Dark Elf Warhammer army that's gorgeous. That'll be going up in the store soon. So there's some Dang. real gems. There's some real gems in there. Like, some like do models that, that you haven't seen. We have Rogue Trader era um, Space Marines, uh, Astra Militarum from back then. We had the original Necrons. We just oh, got. man, those... Like the little flying yeah. chair. Yeah. With like, yeah. and, and, and you think that Space Marines have big shoulder pads. You just yeah. see some of those old Necrons that are just like... The single, uh, yeah. the single, the single cast. Post. Yeah, there was yeah. a guy who did like a full Necron army of just pure old old school Necrons yeah. in my area. It was it was fantastic. Um, do we have Juan Diaz Demonettes? I don't think so. Those are so rare. So rare when you can... The, the, the booby ones, right? Oh, yeah. right, right. But uh, um, if... In, we, in this crowd... Well, you know, chainmail bikinis and whatnot. <laughs> so anyway, guys, if you do want to check out the, uh, the Frontline Gaming secondhand shop, there's some incredible deals in there. Jump in and take advantage of it. Um, and you can also use uh, Storm Credit. You can also use Store Credit for eBay stuff. <laughs> so because some of the people that write for us, we give them Store Credit in exchange mm-hmm. for them writing. Uh, if anybody's interested, feel free to email me uh, at contact at frontlinegaming.org. And they sometimes use that to get secondhand stuff. Yeah. So now, Did you want to talk about any of the, the GS3 stuff, the Gathering Storm 3 stuff? Or? Um, you know what? Let's let's table that. I'll let you talk about it, but let's not spoil it for anybody. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil the story for anybody. Um, but I mean, we we talked about Voldus a little bit earlier. It's the guy that nobody knows, but the guy that everybody's gonna know. The Grandmaster Voldus of the Great Knights. Yep, one one of the the new Triumvirate models. The the comment I made about swinging an initiative. Well, I mean, what this guy has is he has a strength eight demon hammer without the unwieldy special rule. That's pretty good. He's a he's a level three psyker. That's also pretty good. Uh, he, he gets a free extra power from the Sanctic Demonology tree. Not bad. So he's, he, he's, he's got a lot of stuff. In terms of like the price, how, how, how priced he is, I think he's maybe 10 points shy of fairly priced. He's really good, though. I think that uh, he's going to 
wreck some faces. You put him in with a guy, you know, hammer hand. All of a sudden, you've got initiative five. This guy is swinging at strength ten with his demon strength, you know, force weapon demon hammer. That's pretty good. An instant death AP two initiative strength ten weapon. Yep. It's not bad. I mean, ally him with some blood angels and throw quickening on him, and then you get d three extra initiative and attacks. It's not bad. So yeah, you, 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 there's some cool stuff with that. I mean, of course, uh, Gilliman's rules are all out everywhere right, right now. But uh, in terms of of the story, where you where you see it going, you know, just keep an eye out for what Reese mentioned earlier that you know Gilliman does a dick move to Cipher. It is it is. It's pretty exciting stuff though. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it because no one else can it really has access to the book. So we'll leave it at that, and then next week we'll talk about uh, we'll go into some depth. Unfortunately, you won't be with us, but. Yep. Uh, Chris, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Happy to be here. Uh, pleasure to have you. And make sure to check out Forge Narrative, which yep. uh, is a great podcast. I've been a guest on it many times. Yeah, we, we, we actually, love having Reese on there. We, uh, and we sponsor you. The FLG Mats are yep. a sponsor of Forge Narrative, uh, which is... Finishing moves. Yeah. Yep. Uh, really excited to, to make that uh, partnership. But uh, everybody, thank you for joining us for episode 512 of Signals from the Frontline. We hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to take advantage of the special on uh, Guillemin. Again, uh, guaranteed to sell out. There will be a delay, but you will get it at the best possible price. It's 25% off MSRP. And if you want to go to the Bay, the Bay Area Open, grab your tickets because we are about to sell out. Thank you, and we will talk to you on Wednesday with the Ninth Realm. For the Emperor, guys. There you go.